The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on tonight's Sports Stove podcast. The NFL season is coming to an end. We'll recap the conference championship games. We'll talk about the coaching carousel and the big mistake by Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. It's time to join the flavor revolution. And you can do that at RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's RighteousFelon.com. The code is S-T-O-V-E-1-5, STOVE15, for 15% off your purchase. I am your host, Vince Stover, joined as I am almost every Wednesday by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Been a good night tonight. The Predators are on the national game tonight, so I got to see a little bit of it. So, uh, not looking good uh, early on, Dad. Uh, they were down what one zero when I when I looked. I'm sorry. They were losing one zero when I looked. They, they are. They are. I saw the goal. So anyhow, the, the, the they they can come back from one zero. Okay, oh, yeah. we'll be all right. So yeah. Yeah, my favorite player on that team, insert name, uh, is is playing really well tonight. So, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, good old Predators, good old hockey. Um, it's all there. So that's good stuff. Uh, man, we got plenty to talk about, though, tonight. Uh, a lot of football stuff as the season, again, is winding down. Uh, we only have one real football game left before we turn all of our attention over to the uh, NFL draft. So, um, we'll talk about the the games from last Sunday a little bit. Um, we'll also talk about what's going on in the coaching world because um, only one team is left without a head coach, and that's the Washington Commanders, which I would assume they're waiting for somebody on either the Chiefs or the 49ers to make that hire because it would, I mean, other than that, everybody else is out there and available. So um, I don't know. Is there any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, why haven't they hired anybody yet? Well, the, I mean, of course, the talk had been that they were going to hire the Lions yeah, offensive yeah, coordinator, and maybe just the fact that he just recently <clears throat> said no, maybe that kind of left them in a lurch a little bit. Um, at least the, the talk was that was where they were going to go. So um, that may be, I would think, probably in the next day or so, I don't know that they're waiting on anybody on those two teams. They could be, but um, probably just regrouping a little bit and, uh, you know, seeing where they're at. Yeah, I mean, uh, Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick says he's staying with the Texans. Um, Seattle hired Baltimore's defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Um, and then Ben Johnson says he's staying with the Lions as well. Uh, to me, I don't know. So typically, Dad, when we're in the, this coaching carousel and a coach says, I've chosen to take my name out of the hat and I'm going to stay with my team, that typically means they've told him, we're not hiring you. Um, ben Johnson, I don't know. It feels different with Ben Johnson. It does feel like this was his choice versus them telling him, yeah, you're out. And him saying, oh, I'm pulling my hat out. But no, 
Um, it, it really feels like if, if Johnson wanted this job in Washington, he could have had it. Now, we don't have any insiders on this. We don't have any, um, you know, anybody directly related that we can we can confirm that with. But doesn't that isn't that the way it feels for you, too, that this was Johnson's choice and not the commander's? Yes. Yeah, it definitely seems like it was his choice and not the commander's. Um, like I said, you know, a little bit surprising, I think, in some ways for someone who hasn't been a coach before. Sometimes, you know, people, um, you know, have have done that. You know, the, the guy at Dallas had coached before and then, you know, he, he didn't take the job, the defensive coordinator last year. But um, but as far as a guy that's this his first opportunity, they usually don't turn that down. So, um, and again, you know, maybe, maybe he didn't, wasn't going to get the option, but it does seem like it was his choice. So if it's his choice, I think it's a massive mistake on his part. Um, you know, now the, the risking it and saying, well, I'm going to bet on myself situation means, you know, he can come in next year, have another really good year and have an, an opportunity next year to maybe take a team like the saints. Um, I'm trying to think through the Cowboys. I mean, there could be teams open next year that you would like. Um, but what happens if the lions don't have a good year next year? What happens if Jared Goff? goes the other direction. Uh, what happens if they can't get things rolling like they did this year and all of a sudden nobody wants them anymore? There will be a new name of, of, of that someone's interested in. There will be new, new people that have popped up as potential replacements. And, you know, I look at these teams, Seattle, um, out of Seattle and Washington, the last two teams that were left to make a hire, I felt like Washington was actually the better place as far as the, the personnel, the player personnel on the teams. They've got um, a solid they're, – they're really close. They seem to be really close, especially offensively. They've got multiple running backs. They've got multiple really solid young receivers um, tied in. The defense isn't, isn't great, but it's not horrible at the same time. Um, and Sam Howell is there you know, to, to bridge a new rookie quarterback in, whatever it may be. You assume they're going to draft a quarterback at number three um, or number two, excuse me. Um, but you don't know for sure, of course. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe he didn't feel like he was going to be on the same page with what they were going to do in the draft or what their plan was moving forward. I don't know. I just really feel like between Washington and Seattle, which I know his name was in both both camps, I just feel like those those opportunities would have been good enough to take and uh, and not risk, you know, not being the hot commodity because he was the candidate this year. And with him being out now um, for him, I really think it's a mistake. I think that the lions could degress a little bit next year, not massively. I think the lions are still a playoff team and, and, and could even win the division again next year too. But I just don't think that all the um, positive publicity the lions got this year. I don't know that it's going to be that again next year. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I I think in in today's NFL, it's always a cha- a big risk yeah. to say, well, I I know where we'll be next year because there's been guys we've all seen them that were hot commodities one year and they were not the hot commodity the next year for whatever um, the reason might be. So to say, well, I know I could have a choice, you know, next year. That, that is taking a little bit of a risk. And like you said, you don't know now the last few years, 
there has been a, quite a coaching turnover and a lot of openings, but that might, might not be the case next year either. So I think if you want to be a head coach, I think either one of those jobs, the last two left would have been, you know, good jobs as far as being the head coach is concerned. So, um, I, yeah, a little, a little surprised on that one, unless it wasn't his decision. Yeah. I mean, that's the question, whether or not it was his decision. We won't know the answer to that. Um, but if we turn our attention to Washington, you know, where do they go from here? Um, you know, I, I mean, I've seen, some different guys, uh, names brought up, uh, Aaron Glenn, who's the defensive coordinator for Detroit as a possibility, Dan Quinn down there in, in uh, Dallas as a possibility as well. Anthony Weaver is a name that, that has popped up, uh, more recently as well. Um, and then you got guys like Eric Bieniemy, who's the offensive coordinator this past year, uh, obviously had a ton of success in Kansas city as the OC also. And the name dad that has not popped back up, but uh, it's like maybe the door is open now as Bill Belichick. Early on, Washington was a team that uh, I heard Bill Belichick's name mentioned with a lot. And then it was kind of like he was dialing in on Atlanta and Atlanta went a different direction. And, and it looked like Washington had their guy in Ben Johnson. And now it's, it's open again. So I don't know. Maybe this is the opportunity Bill Belichick gets to, to jump on another team and ends up coaching the commanders or whatever they change their name to next year. I mean, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see at this point, I'd still be a little surprised if it's not somebody that's on the 49ers or the chiefs, just because it just doesn't make sense to wait this long and hire a guy who's been in the process the entire way. Um, but like you said, if Ben Johnson was the guy they wanted and they can't get him, well then yeah, that's, that's a, a real possibility, I suppose. I don't know. Where, where do you think Washington should go now? Well, I, it'll be interesting to see. Now, Belichick is an interesting idea. And if Belichick ends up getting the job, then maybe it wasn't Johnson's choice. You know, maybe there was something there. Otherwise, it'll be interesting to see if they get someone who really was highly regarded or if it looks like they couldn't get Johnson and they kind of had to settle. So um, I'm not sure what will happen with Washington. Um, I really didn't think they'd be the last team to get a coach. You know, they were, they were needing one. And like I said, there's some talent there, but um, you know, again, when, when teams get an eye on someone and they're going to kind of wait for them, which obviously some of these teams did until teams got out of the playoffs. Um, if Baltimore would have beaten Kansas City, we may still be sitting here with some some people not hired um, yep. because there was obviously some people involved there. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's always kind of tricky when um, you you get your eyes set on somebody and then you're kind of um, waiting to see. But it, it's been an interesting group of hires. And, um, you know, when it all shakes loose here and Washington finally gets a coach, it'll be interesting to just look at it and look at the divisions and see where this is going to be. Um, you know, some teams have jumped right in. Um, I saw tonight, like I told you, I was watching the Predator game and they showed a little bit um, during one of the breaks that the new Titans coach, he was there giving the lineup 
uh, to the Predators in the locker room. So he's jumped right into Nashville and right in the thick of it right away. And and I'm sure a lot of the new coaches have. Yeah, I'm sure they have too. Uh, of course, the Seahawks are the latest team to hire. They hire Mike McDaniel, the defensive coordinator from Baltimore that heads over. One of the few defensive coaches to get a job as a head coach in this most recent hiring spree. Um, he's young, Dad. He's 36 years old. Um, you know, it's uh, I saw on ESPN they have a stat of former Baltimore defensive coordinators that became head coaches, and uh, Marvin Lewis, Mike Nolan, Rex Ryan, and Chuck Pagano, um, all uh, two of them with winning records, Pagano and Lewis, Rex Ryan, and Mike Nolan did not have winning records. So um, we'll see how he comes out again, young. Um, going into a place in Seattle where it can be a fun place to coach, I think. I mean, the crowd obviously is great, and uh, the fan base is good. So, um, And some things to work with there, too. Of course, they've got some talented guys there, too. So I, I think it's interesting. Uh, Texans and the Lions, though, Dad, retaining their offensive coordinators after very good offensive years, that's a pretty big deal. Bobby Slowick in Houston, Ben Johnson for the Lions. Again, I still think the Lions are going to regress, but I don't think it's going to be a, a massive regression. I just think that the the shininess of Ben Johnson is going to wear off. Um, Bobby Slowick, again, he worked with C.J. Stroud. Really good production this year in Houston. Um, I think probably both Houston and Detroit have to be pretty happy that their offensive staffs are back intact. Yes, I think so. Um, you know, Houston, I think, is really poised. Um, I've heard some talk, you know, with the national media of what teams are really poised with young players and stuff going into next year. And uh, Houston, you know, Houston and Green Bay are two of the teams you hear a lot. So yeah. um, Houston has done well. They've got good pieces there. They've got a good new coach. And um, they're in a division where, you know, they're going to be able to, to, to stay very competitive there, no doubt about it. So, um, you know, Detroit will be interesting, you know, um, or will they continue to get better or have they kind of hit, hit the top there and, and are going to struggle or other teams in their division going to be better next year? And um, is the NFC going to be better next year? We will see about that. And um, so, I, you know, um, it be, be an interesting offseason here before long, and no doubt about that. So, Then the last minute has become official. Green Bay Packers have hired Boston College head coach <laughs> Jeff Halfley as their defensive coordinator. We were talking right before we came live, Dad, that, um, you know, he was not a name that was on any of the lists that we looked at. Um, so I've not had a chance really to read up on him too often. He did bring Boston College back to bowl eligibility. Um, and the comments that I've been able to see so far have been basically, listen, college football is no fun anymore. The NIL stuff, the transfer portal stuff. Um, he says, I just want to get back to where football is important and it's the main thing. And so um, he gets to go to Green Bay um, and work with Matt LaFleur and an opportunity now to try to get that defense on uh, Page again, I know neither of us have had a chance to read a whole lot on Jeff Halfley, and neither of us know a whole lot about Jeff Halfley. So um, what are your initial thoughts on on that hire? Yeah, I'm real interested to, like said, like you said, to read up about it a little bit. I've been listening a lot uh, to the media up in Wisconsin, and that is not a name I have heard at all or read anywhere. Um, but again, you know, um, I think Coach LaFleur took a lot of time and there were a lot of choices, um, people he could have looked at. I think 
Um, they either were going to interview or did interview at least six names that I saw. And um, so, again, you, you, you told me a little bit this guy has some NFL background and, and everything. And, again, I think I – you know, I, I think they wanted to get somebody or Coach LaFleur wanted to get somebody that wasn't probably an old established defensive coordinator because I think he knows where he kind of wants this to head. Um, I think the interesting thing now will be the staff. Um, is there going to be much turnover on the defensive staff, um, you know, or not? Don't know what there needs to be, but obviously everybody's going to need to buy in, um, you know, to the new defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, I'll be very interested to learn a little more about him and hear a lot of the talk tomorrow up in Wisconsin, and it uh, should be very entertaining. But, um, yeah, the Packers seem to be headed in the right direction. Players um, left very positive, optimistically, and um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, they should have a good offseason. We'll see where that goes. And like I said, the next thing will be the draft coming up. So as soon as the Super Bowl's over, everything will turn toward that. And, um, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of interesting things in the draft. No doubt about that this year with all the quarterbacks. And um, a lot of talent, at least in certain areas. Yeah. Um, the... I'm just scrolling through real quick, looking on Twitter. Um, the reaction so far is relatively positive on the Jeff Halfley hire. Packers quickly already have stuff out about him um, as well. So there's plenty of things going on there. Um, uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, and then for what that also brings up uh, a need at Boston College too, by the way. So now we're going to talk college coaches um, already seeing names for the Boston College job, including Rob Chudzinski. Um, Liam Cohen, the, the Kentucky OC, who's interviewing with Tampa, by the way, um, as well. Brian Flores, Bill O'Brien, um, some interesting names to watch at Boston College. I'm telling you, Dad, let's transition. We're going to come back to NFL in just a second. But, I mean, I've had the chance to talk with the local coaches here at EKU. Um, and you read all these things, and you see these guys, Nick Saban retiring. We saw Coach K retire. Um, we see, see all this stuff happening it really feels like these college coaches are like, you know what? It's just not worth the hassle anymore. Such a pain to deal with. The NIL stuff's one thing. They could live with that, but the transfer portal adds problems to the NIL situation because you got guys buying guys and steal them off your team, and you got to keep your own guy. All these other things going on. Um, I don't know. Are we seeing a diminishing value in college football just because now we're losing coaches and and – at the end of the day, people are saying it's just not worth all the work. Well, it, it's definitely it, it, it's definitely that direction as far as coaches being very frustrated with it. Um, I think they're going to have to have an answer. Um, this may cause an answer sooner than later. Um, I don't think it continue to what can continue the way it is very long because as you get more and more coaches that are fed up with this. Um, and then, you know, it starts to affect the product. It'll take a little bit for that because fans, you know, are very loyal to their college. Um, but I know um, the bowl situation was very frustrating this year with all the players, um, you know, not playing there. And um, if I remember right, I, I, I saw not long ago that fewer college players have declared early for the draft this year 
than have in, in recent history. And they said that's because they're making more money in college. Um, there's no, no reason to, to make the jump where that's what it was before. Yeah. And so, you know, you got things going back and forth in both directions and um, the, the either they're going to have to come up with a new, um, you know, a new organization to control football or the NCAA. So, you know, they're going to have to get control of this or it, you know, it, it, it is going to continue to be a very negative thing. And, um, you know, there can be some situations that just are, are very unfortunate. I saw today where I think two teams have filed suit against the NCAA now because of the NIL, because of the way they've handled their rules and stuff like that. So that's only going to get messier and messier. Well, yeah, and now you've got, um, what, three SEC schools that are under investigation, Tennessee, Florida, and I forget who the third one is. Um, and, and I saw something the other day that said, this is just the beginning. Um, it won't be just these three schools. The person who put the comment out was like, you better be careful about making fun of these fan bases because your school's next. Um, so I mean, it's just so ugly and it's going to be so hard to get control of and, uh, everybody's breaking the rules. I mean, my goodness, you legalize one thing, they're just going to break another rule another way. So, yeah. I don't know. It's getting it's getting frustrating. Uh, needless to say, uh, back to the NFL though. Let's go to the um, uh, conference championship games this past weekend. Uh, let's start with the Chiefs and Ravens. Low scoring game, seventeen to ten. I think what three points in the second half, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, three points in the second half. Um, and Lamar Jackson, he's going to be the MVP this year, but he just could not get things going against Kansas City. On top of mistakes, I mean, say Flowers. Um, some mistakes, a lot of penalties, just stupid penalties for uh, Baltimore as well. And at the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes headed back to the Super Bowl. What were your thoughts on Kansas City, Baltimore? Yeah, well, I, you know, we had talked about it. And again, when you got when you got the quarterback and you got the coach that has a lot of experience, which is Kansas City does, then you know you can't look past them. Baltimore had played awfully well, um, was very hot going into this. Um, but you know, like you said, there were some stupid mistakes. There were some, some things that just hurt there. You know, again, it was a close game, but, um, didn't necessarily surprise me that Kansas city won. I thought Baltimore would win and would have been fine with Baltimore, um, in the super bowl. Um, but again, Kansas city, again, I, you know, uh, Andy Reid knows, knows how, how to do this and he's got the quarterback and Mahomes. um, you know, has some talent. It'd be arguable that he doesn't have the best talent around him, but he he knows how to he knows how to make the people around him effective. And the defense is playing well now, and um, you know, doing well now. They've had an injury, a guy that will be out in the Super Bowl, and that will hurt them a little bit. But um, you know, it, it it was definitely a good a good good game. Yeah, I mean, at first I thought you were saying Mahomes himself was limited to talent, uh, but then, then I understood you're talking about his teammates. Yes. Um, yeah. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, he'll win three in the last six years. Um, I mean, you know, how quickly do we turn the page on Tom Brady? I mean, he was he was the guy, and he was had this long, great career and all these Super Bowl appearances and, and the Super Bowl wins, and it's like, 
Well, Patrick Mahomes at 26 years old has the chance to win his third Super Bowl and is already knocking at the door of Tom Brady greatness. Um, I have I have disliked the Chiefs more and more this year. Um, and, and I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I love Andy Reid. Um, I don't like Travis Kelsey. Uh, the more that he's out there and around, I just dislike him more and more. Uh, I've never been a huge Mahomes fan. I do respect his talent. Uh, I just sit here and look at this team and I go, you know what? I don't know that the Chiefs, they're not getting the respect. And I go back to Tom Brady and the Patriots, Dad. Because there was years where Tom Brady won with a lot of talent. But it seems like what made Tom Brady great was he would win games, maybe not Super Bowls, but he would win games and a bunch of them with guys that just really weren't that great. And outside of Travis Kelsey, and I think you can put Pacheco in that talented group as well. Outside of those two guys, it's Rasheed Rice, who we didn't even know of before the season. MVS, who only caught two passes. Um, Justin Watson caught a pass. Uh, Noah Gray caught two passes. I mean, these are guys that they shouldn't be going to the Super Bowl with, and they are. And so that's a huge credit to Patrick Mahomes, a huge credit to the coaching staff, and to these other players that have stepped up. Of course, Kelsey had a great game against Baltimore. Um, But uh, Baltimore, they looked immature, Dad. They looked immature, and they have a coach who's won a Super Bowl, and they did not look like a team that was disciplined enough to win that game. Um, and, uh, between just the, you know, I mean, you're going to have fumbles. You're going to have mistakes like that. The penalties is what you look at. There were just some really costly penalties. And for what it's worth, I felt like the chiefs got away with some stuff, uh, in that game as well that, you know, I mean, would it have changed the game completely? Probably not. Um, but it affected some momentum. It affected some first down, some different things. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think the chiefs, they, they got the benefit of the doubt with the officiating where the Ravens did not, um, in that game. And, um, I don't know. I wasn't excited that the chiefs won. I'll put it that way. Um, I don't hate the chiefs, but I, I, I was kind of wanting Baltimore to get there this year and they will not, um, get there this year. Um, the chiefs are playing the 49ers dad, the 49ers and lions. That was a fun game. Um, lions jumped out early. Um, and then by the time I finished my show on Sunday, uh, the fantasy baseball show, the 49ers were winning, um, comes down that it was, ended up being a three point game. And ultimately the, the biggest question mark is the lions going for it on fourth down multiple times, instead of kicking field goals, they lose by three. Um, I don't know. What were your general thoughts on that game? Well, um, you know, of course been a lot of criticism, um, of, of Campbell on, on that. And probably rightfully so, um, you know, I, I thought San Francisco could come back. And then once they started, you knew it was going to be, um, a game from there. Um, it's really interesting with these two Super Bowl teams, because there was a time in the year when I think we would have said, and most people would have said Kansas city, San Francisco are the teams to watch. Then all of a sudden Kansas city went on a, on a, a slump there in the middle of the year, but then they've really come back. (coughs) San Francisco, honestly, I mean, they're in the Super Bowl, but they haven't played their best ball the last couple weeks. They could have lost both of the last two games. They were, they did not dominate the situation teams that they probably could have, or maybe should have dominated. So it's interesting, interesting to see they have, um, I think San Francisco has a great coach. 
Um, they have some great talent. Um, I am not as sold on the quarterback as everybody else is, um, but they have a lot of talent. I mean, you've got Christian McCaffrey, you've got Debo Samuel, you've got Kittle, you've got the talent there. You've got a very, very good defense. Um, and again, you know, San Francisco, in some ways you say, well, San Francisco has been there, but they haven't won a Super Bowl in a long, long time now. So, um, you know, we, we this will be an interesting game. Um, I'm a little surprised that San Francisco is favored, but um, should be a good Super Bowl. So, man, there's a couple things to hit on. Let me start with this. Uh, Christmas Eve, the Ravens beat the 49ers 33-19. to The 49ers followed that up by stomping the Commanders, and then they lost to the Rams in the final season, the final regular season game. They come into the playoffs. They, they beat the Packers by three. Um, you call a face mask penalty, and uh, and and you convert one more red zone play, and the Packers win that game. And uh, and so you're right that that game was really close. Then the Lions, I mean, they jumped out to an early lead on San Francisco, and won. Um, I look at this uh, the San Francisco team though as the way that you talked about Cleveland coming into the playoffs with their defense. Um, that's where I look where San Francisco has the biggest edge right now is their defense. Now, Kansas City's defense has played fairly well. Um, so I don't mean to diminish that, but the, the 49ers have the defensive players that could just dominate a game and they've got two weeks to prepare for it. Um, you know, they've got the talent on the defensive side of the ball to do major, major damage. Plus, they got the talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, they obviously help uh, Brock Purdy be a better quarterback. I I think I agree with you on Brock Purdy, but here's the way that I'll say it. I don't think that Brock Purdy is the quarterback that goes out and wins you a game. I think Brock Purdy is the quarterback that goes out and doesn't lose you the game. Now, he could lose you the game. As a matter of fact, had the Packers defense you know, caught the balls that hit him right in the chest, then Purdy would have lost in that game. Um, but I, I put him in that category, really the Jared Goff category, um, where he's a guy that's going to go out there, and if he doesn't throw interceptions, then you probably win the game because you got enough talent with him um, that he can make things happen. Brock Purdy, he he has overachieved his draft status. He's He should not have been a seventh-round draft pick. He probably should have been a third-round draft pick, in my opinion. And if you put him as a third-round draft pick, I think he's living up to that kind of hype. Um, I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. I don't think that he is better than Jordan Love even. Uh, but with what he has and the system that he's in, he has done plenty to get them to where they are. Um, I don't think the 49ers have won in spite of uh, Brock Purdy. But I also don't think they've won because of Brock Purdy. And, uh, and I don't know that... Sam Darnold could have done what, what he's done. Um, and I, I am pretty confident that Trey Lance couldn't have done what he's done. So, I mean, I, I think that you got to give him some props. Um, even if you don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, I think we at least have to give him enough recognition to say, hey, he has done his job and he's done it well enough to get his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you have to say that, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, we'll just see where the game goes, and I think it can go either way um, with him. If he wins the Super Bowl, then, you know, 
he's going to be the guy at least there for a while. Um, I felt like if he would have lost a game to the Lions, there might even been some question about next year, depending on who availability would be. But as long as he keeps winning, I mean, I, you really can't do much there. So, um, and, and he may get to be able to get a lot better. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about, and we'll do our Super Bowl preview next week. Um, what you talked about the 49ers coach and Shanahan and, you know, Shanahan is best known for losing a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl when he was with Atlanta and, and he's never really gotten that monkey off his back. Really? Um, how important is a win next week, uh, a week from Sunday in the Super Bowl for, for Shanahan? Uh, well, I think it's very important because again, he's regarded, you know, as one of the better coaches around, but, um, you know, the standard is winning a Super Bowl. And, um, so, you know, I, I think it will be important for him, um, in him to do that. No doubt about it. Now let's see here. Uh, San Francisco was in the Super Bowl in 2020 against the chiefs, uh, where they lost 31 to 20. Um, so it's a rematch of the 2020 game. Uh, before that San Francisco, they've not been, let's see here. Did you back in the Baltimore, right? 2000 was that 2003, I think. Uh, Baltimore and San Francisco, the Harbaugh brothers, all that kind of stuff. I don't remember when that was. Um, uh, I was 13, 2013. So you're right. They, you look at them as this team that's been really good for a long time. Well, they have been, but they haven't hoisted the trophy. And, uh, I think this is a big, a big opportunity for a lot of guys. Again, Patrick Mahomes would be Super Bowl number three. Um, Andy Reid, Super Bowl number four, I think for him, right? Um, or three, maybe three, four. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, uh, San Francisco wise, you got Christian McCaffrey, who was on the lowly Panthers and came to San Francisco and now has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and Brock Purdy, it means a lot for his, his future as well. So there's, there's plenty on the line. We'll preview it all next Wednesday as we talk about the Super Bowl. Um, I was generally disappointed, dad. I was, I don't know. I thought Ravens lions would be a funner story. Chiefs 49ers is just kind of the, I don't know, boring in my opinion. Very, very boring. Doesn't get me super excited. Uh, will I watch? Yeah. Will I care? No. I don't know. We'll see how it all goes um, next week. But you're right. Uh, 49ers are two-point favorites. I think that's right. I, I would I would say the 49ers should be the favorites because of the complete package. They've got everything you need from offense to defense to even special teams. And I just think the Chiefs offense – They've not been the Chiefs offense you think of uh, this year. They have not scored the points like we're used to them scoring. I mean, they only put up 17 last week. Um, so I, I think it's the right thing to have the uh, uh, 49ers as the favorite. And uh, uh, But we'll talk about that more next week as well when we get, when we get to that. Um, any other NFL thoughts before we switch topics? No, like I said, you know, a lot going on with the coaching carousel and we're just about to the end of it now. So it'll be kind of interesting to let the dust settle. Uh, then you have some coordinators, still teams that need to hire, um, you know, defensive offensive coordinators and see where that moves around. <coughs> then everything will kind of head toward the draft. Yes, it will. I'm looking forward to getting into draft stuff as well. Um, actually, I believe Monday on the Sports Stove Local Hour, we should be having uh, Josiah Ezrim, who is an offensive lineman 
He's currently uh, down there at the East-West Shrine game, and he'll be playing in that this weekend. Um, the expectation is that he's getting drafted uh, this year, and I believe he's going to be on the show Monday. So if you're interested in that, you can tune in Monday, 8 p.m. on the Sports Stove Podcast YouTube page uh, for that interview. Um, let's see here. Let's go baseball real quick. Um, the Jays signed Justin Turner. Um, not a lot of breaking news these days in baseball, but we are getting closer to reporting um, and starting everything. But the O's, the uh, Orioles, were uh, are being sold and being purchased by a group that includes Cal Ripken Jr. and Grant Hill um, as part of the investor group there. And this is the time to sell the Orioles because, well, they are really good. And um, so cashing in on that uh, and uh, Cal Ripken you know, buying in, I think it's kind of neat to see former players buy into the teams they played for. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, like I said, it was interesting about the Orioles selling, but it is the time to do it. And like I said, you know, I've been baseball talk. I've been watching your um, fantasy baseball or listening to your fantasy baseball show. And, um, you know, another what, another week or two pitchers and catchers report. And then once they start playing, then we see who's healthy and, and really, you know, get toward the baseball season. But, um, like I said, college basketball is just about upon us as far as March Madness. We'll be heading into the last month here, last two or three weeks, and then conference tournaments. Um, so, you know, a lot of different things going on, no doubt about it. Have all-star games coming up with the NBA and the NHL. So, um, you know, a lot of different things happening. And NASCAR starting before long, too. And, of course, you're going to have a, a NASCAR feature every week, and I think that'll be good. Um, I've kind of done a little more looking at it since you've talked to me about that. And um, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to follow. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to the NASCAR season. Um, Saturday, I'm hosting the Belly Up Sports NASCAR Super Show to preview the season. That'll be over on the Belly Up Sports YouTube page. I'll be joined by um, writers and different Belly Up uh, racing staff members um, as well. So we'll be previewing all of the NASCAR season. And then we'll be starting our um, Sports Stove final lap segment at the end of every episode, uh, previewing, recapping races throughout the year and uh, keeping everybody up to date on NASCAR news and things like that as well. Um, we'll start that up here uh, probably the week, uh, let's see here, the week of the Daytona 500, uh, the Wednesday before Daytona 500, uh, we will be doing that. So that'll be, uh, let's see here, Daytona is on the, the 18th, so that's how, whatever day the, the Wednesday is before that Sunday. Um, we'll be starting up that segment, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you know, I started, I actually got back into it last year. Uh, but didn't want to talk about it because I'd been it'd been about eight years since I'd paid attention to it. And uh, so I started getting back into it last year and decided this year to start covering it more. And, uh, and looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun season ahead. There's a lot of young guys and new guys involved and things like that. And then new cars. I mean, the Ford and Toyota both have new body styles. Um, so just little, little things here and there that are going to be unique and fun. And there's some really good um, just NASCAR content out there. Uh, from guys, insiders, drivers, all that kind of stuff. It's it's easy to follow and pay attention to and and get good information on. So so that's really fun as well. 
Um, okay, I think that's all I had, Dad. Um, Sunday, uh, we'll, we'll be back at 8 o'clock for the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We'll be ranking first baseman um, in that show. Uh, Monday, like I said, we'll be here with the uh, Sports Stove Local Hour, uh, talking some EKU football, probably some EKU baseball as well. And then Wednesday, we'll be back and previewing the Super Bowl and everything going on there as well. And then a reminder again, this Saturday, 8 o'clock on the Belly Up Sports YouTube page, the uh, NASCAR Super Show. I'll be hosting that and joined by other members of the Belly Up Racing staff um, as well. Dad, any other thoughts before we head out? Nope, I think that's it. Again, uh, next week we'll talk about the Super Bowl and um, be wrapping up the NFL. All right, wrapping up just to get started again uh, on the <laughs> NFL for sure. Uh, reminder to go check out RighteousFelon.com. Join the flavor revolution. Uh, check out if you use code STOVE15, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. Try the bootleg and barbecue. It's my favorite flavor. I also love the Soul Survivor and uh, the Foul Capone, the turkey jerky. Uh, really good. Also, lots of good stuff. Marilyn Monroe, good stuff. I mean, there's, I can go on and on and on. There's there's only one flavor at Righteous Felon that I have not, not uh, has not been my, my flavor um, and I'll tell you what, it, it's hard to go wrong at righteousfellow.com. So use the code stove 15 at checkout. You get 15% off your purchase and it also supports the program, which we always appreciate. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at sports stove. If you missed any of today's episode, you can go back and watch it on YouTube or check out the audio version that'll be posted shortly, uh, wherever you can get the sports stove podcast. Uh, he's Dale Stover. I'm Vince Stover. And uh, we're going to go f- try to figure out this Haley guy and see, see how good a hire that is for Green Bay. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove uh, Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.